I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. I'd like to take his his face off. Oh, no, not the beard! A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny. And welcome back to Cage Old Question, where we ask, is Nicolas Cage the greatest actor alive? I'm Artoon, and this is my wife-to-be, Christina. Hello. And on this show, we watch the entire film catalog of Nicolas Cage in chronological order, working our way through 40 years of cinema. This podcast does not reflect the views of anywhere that I work or anyone else besides me and Artoon. Incredible. Brutal. Incredible. Brutal. <laughs> Incredible disclaimer. A little sneak preview of who our guest is going to be. What in the hell? <laughs> what in the hell? On this year, my personal podcast? Unbelievable. <laughs> Incredible. For today's episode, we are reviewing the 1997 film Face Off. That's right. We're doing it. A big a big one. People are talking about it. This is written by Mike Werb and Michael Collery. Face Off is directed by famous Hong Kong director John Woo. Uh, not his first American film, but definitely in his early stages. We are joined by a very special guest today. You already heard her voice, Courtney Cotomy. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know if you were going to like launch into the bio or if I should. Actually no, that was speak perfect. Up. That was that was exactly right. And I and yeah, speaking I'm of launching sure. into the bio, Courtney uh, is a lawyer formerly working in criminal legal reform and is currently involved in racial justice and decarceration efforts in L.A. County. She is at the forefront. Um, of a lot of really good social movements. As you've heard in previous episodes, Courtney is our uh, most woke friend. And she also (laughs) teaches breath work. Uh, If you want, we'll actually maybe like put a link or something in the bio to if you want to get involved. It's great. Christina and I have both done it. I have cried. Um, I haven't been for a while, but you know, I... Should go back. Mm-hmm. They're on Wednesdays. Survivor's on Wednesdays. But once Survivor season is over, <laughs> I think I'm going to launch back in. Uh, we also know her through our movie club, which you may have heard about, LB. Welcome to the podcast, mm-hmm. Courtney. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I uh, Well, first of all, calling me you know, at the forefront <laughs> of social movements in LA is like major stolen valor. <laughs> I'm, I'm a caboose. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> if anything. <laughs> um, well, but come to, I'm glad, you know what, come to Breathwork, uh, anyone and everyone, and come cry. Yeah. It's yeah, it's love, amazing. I, I never, I Courtney didn't. Courtney leads me through a cry. Yeah, truly. <laughs> Courtney. Uh, I can't believe you didn't mention that Courtney was valedictorian of Stanford Law. It's one of the first things I always bring up. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, my friend Courtney is gorgeous and I love her and I see her once a week and she leads Breathwork and she was valedictorian of Stanford Law. It's not oh a big deal. God. It's just an accolade oh very few people in this world hold. Oh my God. I wow. was I was so not. And also it just sets the bar too high. Like what if you say that and then my analysis of face off is like two faces switch. <laughs> It's going to, no, 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 no. It's, like, it, it, that's like an that's, educated analysis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Courtney, you're an appreciator of, of film and cinema. You watch a lot of movies. Mm. Um, mm. And I wanted to know, what is your history with Nicolas Cage? <laughs> great. A great first question. Um, I feel like I have always been aware of Nick Cage. Um, mm-hmm. I like 
I don't even know when I became aware of him. He sort of just like came up from the back of my mind. Like it's like he feels like of the collective unconscious a bit. Mm-hmm. You, were, mm-hmm. you were born into a Nicolas Cage world. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. It's it's yes. sort of, yeah, like it was the Berlin Wall fell and mm. I was born and it was all <laughs> Nick Cage um, after the reunification. And no, I, I think what's funny is I feel like I knew the Nick Cage of Family Man, like a straight man Nick Cage. Mm. And so mm. it wasn't until... Like that's, I feel I'm like sorry. that's amazing yeah. that you say that because Hannah Deacon, who is our mutual friend and yeah, breathwork love. attendee, um, woke. is hopefully going to be our guest for the Family Man. So crazy! Oh my god, that no that way! Psychic link is still there. Yes, between you. Maybe we felt. Out. Yeah, maybe we felt each other. Yeah, no. It's, <laughs> I feel like a sign that you're in adulthood is you start to realize Nick Cage is weird. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, you start to, you get a sense of, like, his personal life and the weird, like, homes and castles he buys up and mm-hmm. who he is. And you also start to see his movies from kind of, like, the outside looking in. Like, there's an awareness that that this man is doing something different. But when you're a kid, you're just like, yeah, that that's a funny guy. Yeah. Oh, but- I don't know. I don't know. I For me, I was <laughs> like, he's always, like... And and I've talked about we talked about this with Kylie a little bit of like we mm-hmm. came into like meme cage like he was mm-hmm. not necessarily a figure to respect and was weird and for me the becoming an adult with Nicolas Cage is discovering that he's someone who like fucks like watching wow. early Nick Cage mm-hmm. and like that sort of awareness so was that's me, the generational but- that's generational mm-hmm. <laughs> so well, that's the difference. So true. I'd, yeah. even, I'd argue but there are... But you're still a millennial, right? You're y- yeah. Maybe it's opposite ends of millennials. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, almost yeah, like he's yeah. he reinvents himself, it seems, almost like every, like, eight to ten years um, in the sense Don't of, like... That. Don't say that. That's nonsense, what? but sure, keep going. It's literally <laughs> not. It's literally not nonsense. It's, it is he... nonsense. It's nonsense, but okay. it's okay. Okay, well, he goes yeah. from being, like a you know, like, a sex icon in all of his early films... To then being like this action star that's uh, in the movie we're going to be talking about today, Face Off. Mm-hmm. To as you say later, he's like in the it was the Family Man, and he's like kind of just an playing like an adaptation, and he's just kind of playing like a, a guy in over his head. Uh, even though he's done those films before, like Christina, do not scowl at me. I, I am. I'm I am. scowling because <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I unfortunately don't know what you're talking about, I but it's fine. This. It's not a huge deal. <laughs> I Let's will just, say on the quickly do it. Oh, oh, what will you say? What oh, will you no, say? No, no, no. I love you so much. On the subject of so um, Nick Cage being a sexual icon, I would say, <gasps> and I don't know if this is an, a hot take or not. This is the first and only movie in which I'm attracted to him. Is oh, wow, yeah, wow. And even oh. honestly, John Tra- oh. same same reaction to John Travolta. I actually don't. Think wow. he's that, I'm not that into him in Greece, but this I'm like, uh-huh. hi, hello. I don't know. Okay, we're going to unpack. We're going to unpack this as we we get into this. Crazy shakes. We're going to unpack this very soon. (laughs) I'm like the blood just drained out of my face. I should have gone with my instinct, which was to do a sponsor spot before we get into any further into unwinding and unraveling this. Um, Our sponsor spot for Marcus Hunter, as I was just going to say, listen to our prior episode uh, sandwiching this one, which is Con Air, as he's our guest. Um... Anushala, Artun, what would you order for Courtney? 
at this mm. Boston restaurant. Courtney, you you don't have any dietary restrictions, do you? No, no. Uh, no do okay. your do your best. I think um you know, I think of Courtney uh I think it would be some sort of like I think Courtney like breakfast, you know, like Courtney <laughs> Uh, I don't know. We've talked about getting brunch before in Larchmont. It's never mm-hmm. happened, but it's, you no. know, something there. So I'm thinking it maybe hasn't. like a a half zatar, half cheese, manaish. You combo it together. A little bit of spice, but a little bit of like that, you know, that nice cheese. I don't know. Feels right. I need to jump in and see and see if I predict Courtney. I feel like Courtney is okay. not a breakfast person. I feel like we've had a conversation where you're like, I can't do breakfast. I'm a smoothie person. Like I can't, I can't like chow oh. down first thing of the Whoa. day. But maybe now am I right, wrong? Well, now what's who, 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 ding, ding, who's oh the, God. who's the I'm breakfast a... <laughs> winner? <laughs> this is, I'm going to be honest. This is the most scared I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about this? I, Christina's right. I don't oh, really, oh, yeah. No. I like, oh, I brutal. my stomach hurts if I have too much breath. But our tunes right, cheese with some spice. And in fact, I feel very seen by that because I think, I don't know, I think you there was a chance you like gave me more spice than I feel like I am. Um, mm. And the cheesiness makes me feel just seen. Like there's a, there's a gentle, yes. silly wholesomeness safe. to that. Yes. Safe. Yes, I'm safe. Safe. And speaking of safe, you know who's not safe? A couple of people in this film. Let's get into the plot of Face Off. This is going to be <laughs> a spoiler-ish free plot, but like it will probably get into the first 30 minutes of the movie. Uh, I'd recommend you go see it. I'd say if you haven't seen Face Off, what are you doing? Stop this podcast right now. Go watch Face Off and come back. And I would say, I would say you don't need to watch Face Off. You can just... You could just... I'm just gonna say. I'm just gonna say. I feel like you get the premise, and you you don't have to watch it. But but maybe uh, this is bias from someone who took a little bit of a snooze during the last section. (laughs) Okay, okay. But absolutely brutal. Absolutely brutal. uh, That is. But did we go? But. Did we go back and watch it? I mean, I mean, uh, I I feel like I know what happened. We'll get into that. But so, Paul, do you know if you there's a watch boat? Movie, if you, if, if, I know about the boat. Arjun shook uh, me away. Sure but I mean, before, no spoilers, no spoilers. Pausing right now, and then uh, welcome back if you paused and watched the movie. Spoilers ahead. Yes. Shall we? Here we go. Let's do it. Yeah, I didn't know it. <clears throat> so, John Travolta plays Sean Archer. Uh, and the names are important here, so I'm going to say it because we, we do have some switching. So John Travolta starts off playing Sean Archer, an anti-terrorism FBI agent who's been tracking down his son's killer for the last six years. The killer? Only the baddest terrorist in the world, Caster Troy, played by none other than Nicolas Cage. Caster Troy early on is captured, but the FBI receives wind that a bomb is going off somewhere in L.A. And the only way to stop it is for Sean Archer to literally become Caster Troy by taking (laughs) Caster Troy's face off and putting it on his own. As he goes undercover in a prison to find out details about where the bomb is uh, from his brother, Pollux Troy, Caster Troy escapes and undergoes surgery to look like Sean Archer. Is it confusing yet? Oh, yeah. What will happen to these two? They have their face off in Face Off. Dum, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> that um, was good. Thank you. Uh, it is 
a really cool film and the plot is very convoluted, but I will say it makes sense upon viewing. Hard to, I'd what? say, spell it out. Like, because there's a lot of like, who's Caster Troy? Like, Caster Troy starts off as Nicolas Cage, but becomes John Travolta. And Sean Archer that- starts as John Travolta, but becomes Nicolas Cage. And then at, all the way mm-hmm. at the end, we get a little reversal. It's not confusing at all. It's not. That, that aspect, <laughs> I would say, isn't confusing. Like, we love, it's not a true body swap, even though they get that confused within this very movie. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, that conceptually we have seen. I would say what doesn't make any sense is why they have to go through this crazy great extreme uh, to get our cop character undercover as the criminal character to get details from the criminal's brother and they send him into this crazy prison. Why can't they just pull out the brother, do like an interview scene where they're like, look, we've got the two of you. Like, why do they send him all the way Christina. into the Supermax prison? Christina. Why are you Christina? Christina. Christina. <laughs> they, Christina. Uh, Courtney, do you have they anything do. on this? I, okay. First of all, I, I, I'm, I'm a defender of the realism of Face Off. Pollux, they totally try to interrogate mm-hmm. him. He's wearing his little lime green jumpsuit, which is such – I'm, like, so about the outfits in this movie, by the yes. way. Um, and they can't – I mean, he's a locked box. That's yeah. also, by the way, what is so confusing about this movie is, like, why in a movie about two characters switching does one of the characters have, like, a fraternal twin brother? Aside from just someone <laughs> wanted to use Greek Greek mythology, but it's it that's mm-hmm. when you add in Pollux, that's when it gets tricky. What were you going to say, Artie? Yes, well, I was going to say ex- exactly what you said. Like Pollux wouldn't talk no matter what, and I think he would be so suspicious if they're like we pull him out and then he's just in a room with Castor Troy. Like if they just do it outside of the prison, it's way too suspicious. Like something is going on. He's gonna be like you. They cut you a deal. Something's going on, mm-hmm. and then they you need- do it. You stage it as a breakout. You pretend you're breaking out Pollux and that Castor is breaking in to help him and you extract him away. Like, you well, don't. I feel like that's so much more complicated than, like, a, I'm sorry to come down harsh on you, but it's, <laughs> I feel like undercover is like a normal thing for like thrillers and like spies and FBI. Like, oh, I'm going to go undercover. Like, that's like the whole point of it. And in this one, it just so happens he's has the face of Castor Troy. Yeah, I, mean, I disagree I would say, so much yeah. that it's more convoluted. I think a a prison breakout happens within twenty four hours. You can do it versus going undercover is at least a forty eight hour mission. You've got a much longer thing when no, you have talk a bomb, this, a time sensitive. No, talk bomb. me through this breakout. Talk me through yeah. the logistics of and, of a yes. full prison breakout. Christina. It's not, and not with the- it's not a true prison breakout. <laughs> They're all in on it. They say who? they say. What do you mean who's, who? Why who's breaking out who? Who's breaking Truly, out who? Why, are you out why would Pollux believe this? Why would Pollux believe this? I the because easiest his option is a mastermind. No, the easiest right? option is a full okay. facial and body transplant, and you know it. And the reason that happens so fast, I'm with tell a us. facial and body transplant. I'm think that should still happen. But okay. once we've had the transplant, you have disguised cop as criminal. You pretend that that there that, that there's a breakout of they're just breaking out that guy, and then while they're crawling along, you get him to confess to where the bomb is, like in an like in an air duct, like a diehard. Like yes, exactly, like in an. <laughs> And then they're like, JK, you go back and this one comes out. 
and no one's ever like, <laughs> oh, uh, you you have to go in and now you're trapped. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, 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 no, I'll you don't need to be sorry. You don't need to be sorry. No, no, no. You don't no, need no. to be sorry. Well, I maybe guess... then if I don't need Great. to be sorry, then you need to be sorry because you were shouting at me really, really I... when I was trying to tell you my idea and my pitch uh, in this movie. So if, uh, I, mm. if I, I can be sorry and I can take a break seat or you can be sorry. I'll give you Thanks. this. I'll give you this. I think you were right in that they could have told a couple more people about the plan. I think like one of the like the warden at the prison or yes. the guard, like the head guard, they should have been in on it at the very least. I think having everyone in the dark was a bad decision, which I think even <laughs> I even think Sean Archer would have said, yeah, we should have told one other person it would have made my life a lot easier mm-hmm. um, <laughs> instead of having to do the breakout. So you are right in that sense. But I think. Nobody thought Caster Troy's going to come back, take my face as Sean Archer, kill everyone that was involved, and then come to the prison to laugh at me with a newspaper in front of his face. <laughs> <laughs> I think they could, didn't even expect that. there was a possibility. I would have literally thought that. I literally would have been like, we can't have the face in the same facility as the faceless body. Like, that's mm. what's asking for it. <laughs> That's, it is. I, You're yes. right. Yes. The security yes. at that hospital was way too lax for him yes. to be able to move around freely like that. Like uh, a couple of handcuffs. Sure, he's comatose, but we know this is he's been the most dangerous criminal in the world. I'm like, you can put a handcuff yeah. on. Maybe a guard, a guard or two. Like I know, just one or two. C- yeah, CCH Pounder <laughs> like puts a cigarette out on his body. Um. Mm-hmm. I and calls him a turnip. Even then, I was like, "Are you sure?" You know, like, don't. Yeah, this guy's coming back. But the Walsh Institute—it's not a real hospital. It's—it's like a special. Mm. It's a special thing. Yeah, um, where they clearly don't care. Wow. Yeah. Well, we got off. We got off. (laughs) We got off to an insane start here. I don't even kind of know where we are. Is this Um, actually an insane start? I guess this is uh, par for the course for this podcast. <laughs> I, I, I was going in on because I I thought I, I, the what I read on um, I believe inverse inverse dot com. Let me just double check. Mm-hmm. Yeah, inverse is that the screenwriters started with a like prison prison riot in the future was their original screenplay thing and my opinion was like they shoehorned the prison thing in like they needed to forget that and just focus on the face transplant but what i've seen from the two of you is that is is not acceptable <laughs> that the movie phase off requires the prison and so just i feel like now is a good time to maybe either jump back to the beginning if we wish set ourselves out on a new foot in which we say the prison is critical to this yeah so delete that delete Sorry. that in post i have like an yes. overall thought that could yes help we'd love to redirect. hear yes yes why don't you take which, us take us home which is and there's no like pun intended here but like you kind of have to take this movie at its face that is that it's this like operatic sweeping multiple probably too many set pieces piece mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um with like a ridiculous runtime for what it is mm-hmm. and just kind of vibe with it like know that you're in john woo's hands and that this mm-hmm. is like hong kong action you know because otherwise otherwise you're going wait we're at we're at prison now wait we're back at home wait we're at boats i'm mm-hmm. still i'm st- i'm gonna be really hung up on boats i just thought that was a bridge too far but yes we'll get yeah. to the the final boat sequence yes. uh 
but before we get there, I think you're totally right that it's there's a lot, but I want to let's take us all the way to the beginning for a second and how <laughs> this movie starts. Because it's it operatic, is opera, big operatic. Opera. Nicolas it, Cage is always doing opera movies. Nicolas Cage is always yeah. doing opera movies. And I'll tell you, nothing is more operatic than within the first three minutes, Nicolas Cage in a mustache shooting John Travolta's son through John Travolta. <laughs> he also apparently only had one bullet because he didn't finish the job. He was like, I got to get out of yeah. here. <laughs> Doesn't go for a second <laughs> shot on Travolta. <laughs> which I thought was Which insane. Doesn't make any, uh, so, 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 so I was a little confused about that because they do later on Travolta's computer um, and his son's death is logged as carousel sniper victim. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who was the intended target? Was it the son in order to torment Sean Archer? I... Who, by the way, speaking of the the, the Zodiac stuff... They mm. said that Sean the Archer is, let me get this right, um, Sagittarius. Sagittarius the Archer. Mm-hmm. And it's the diametrical opposite of the Gemini constellation. Castor and Pollux are like two of the major stars. Of Incredible. The of the Incredible. Gemini. So like that's part of their like. So that's, deep. I, that's same <laughs> like what you're saying. <laughs> Where the brother, you're like, why is the brother named that twin thing? I'm like, they started with a bunch of stuff on their mm-hmm. like whiteboard that they were like, we can't get rid of that. That's too good. That's just and it is. No, this is yeah. This is a twelve year old boy, a twelve year old boy getting to write whatever he wants and then getting like millions to make it. Yes, um, or yeah, two twelve year old boys. Two boys trying to to pay off their student loans and being like, boy, have we got the flick for you. Um, And just also in saying that this is yet another one of Nicolas Cage's most operatic films, this is yet another one of his Oscar-nominated films. That's right. This is an Oscar-nominated film for sound effects editing, but still, it's in the Hall of Academy Award fame. Yeah, and good for for them. Yeah, room at the museum. Um, I also, Christina, paused the part where it was like, the computer screen where it was like carousel sniper victim. And it yeah. looks like, according to that description, it is canon that the kid died on the Griffith Park carousel for those <gasps> LA locals who listen. I know. Oh my God. I know. I don't know if it was filmed there, but in movie, Griffith Park carousel. Well, we should go pay our respects. Because there's, there's also, <laughs> yeah. we should, but the, um, uh, another LA land uh, association not necessarily mark uh in this film is that the prison was shot at the Eagle Rock defunct power plant <gasps> Arjun and I just did one of our 10,000 steps walks in Eagle Rock this weekend <gasps> yesterday which I, I had never heard of never been to and now I'm like all at once Eagle Rock is on the map um, oh you're having an Eagle so- Rock weekend Yes. Yeah, 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 I mean, it's been, it, we've been rocking around the, the Eagle Rock Christmas tree. <laughs> Did you go anywhere near the defunct power plant? Is that like a thing people know there? No, we couldn't. They, it was not, it, was not no, aware no, no, no. of that. It, not I think it's not on That's the main road. That's why I hesitated <laughs> when I was like, it's not a local landmark. It's a mm-hmm. local land, land. Cinema history. Cinema history. Oh, cinema history. <laughs> um, an insane opening. Griffith Park, Eagle Rock. Mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, were you shocked when it immediately goes six years later? I was, did not, like, (laughs) I, oh, let me ask you this, Courtney. Had you seen this film before? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh. 
When was your first time watching it? When I was a kid. Um, so I would have been, I think, like fifth or sixth grade. Um, uh-huh. And that is part of my Nick, Ca- Nick Cage experience is seeing this movie and being like, oh, cool. And not really taking in how he was acting. Like when you're a kid, you take in everything on its face, you know? You're just like mm-hmm. – anyway, so I, that was kind of my reaction to this movie. So it's funny watching it again. I hadn't watched it again recently though. Maybe like at the mm-hmm. beginning of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just to answer your question. Wow. This yeah. was – That does feel recent. Beginning of COVID feels recent, recent to me. But, within recent you know. memory. Like yeah. – yeah, but like emotionally like a decade ago mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes yes yeah. yes um yeah. this was mine Wait, and christina's so you were first child, time you were locked in and when you watched it beginning mm. of covid you were like yes another very realistic watch for me or, or was anything oh, good revealed or mm. uh you know what i think i wasn't as locked in because honestly that two hour 19 minute runtime is like yes. no joke especially mm-hmm. when you're you know locked down in your apartment um and i this is going to sound really weird, but I'm not – I don't know. I kind of like really love the first half. Well, I love this whole movie, but the first half especially I locked in for. I was like, oh, Nick Cage is so crazy. He's so great. Mm-hmm. But it on watching it – I'm jumping around. But basically watching it this time, I was watching it for the art. And I finally mm-hmm. really got it. And honestly, I've been following along with a lot of the podcast. And, and I'd never seen like Vampire's Kiss and some other Nick Cage's. And mm-hmm. now that I've mm-hmm. seen them, you see this through that lens and you go, okay, this yes. is the artist. Yes. You know? Yes. Man, yeah. I think that's a huge, a huge stepping stone for this movie. Yes. yes. He, he does the, he kind of like does the bug eyes that he does in Vampire's mm-hmm. Kiss here. Cause he, what I think is fun. And I think, I think both Travolta and Cage are incredible in this. And I think what Cage does in the beginning in terms of making Caster Troy like an absolute psychopath. Like he is mm-hmm. so sexually perverse and like harassy and assaulty and is so like, <laughs> like he's dancing around in his priest costume. Like he truly loves violence. Um, it's almost like sur- a surreal character, but it then mm-hmm. late like he's alley ooping John Travolta to then be able to play in this character, and it's so incredible watching Cage go from that performance to then becoming Sean Archer, and he suddenly is the saddest man in the world. He is when he <laughs> there's moments where he's laughing in this movie, and he looks more pained than anyone I've ever seen in my entire life. When he's like, my whole life is is like over there's like so much emotion in a laugh that he looks so like everything's gone do you know what i'm saying oh yeah the, well, i do the, feel like oh this go ahead a, christina i was just gonna say it's like a very cumulative nick cage movie of like i think i think it, it is really fun to have watched with seeing his body of work now uh and how much i was thinking of my personal favorite birdie um in which he has a scene where he is in bandages around his face and was very like tied to his real life and personal life and then this film has like the bandages and the unveiling of the face and this movie has the the spectrum of like crazy vampires kitsch psychotic cage and then also Mm -hmm. the like good-hearted man in over his head cage Mm -hmm. that we've seen who's like really struggling um 
to find his purpose and motivation and like like I feel like these are also the dual the duality of cage is what Courtney was mentioning about like this is a guy who's buying a lot of houses and a lot of reptiles and like <laughs> actually accumulating great wealth in very eccentric ways um and on the other side like there is like a very sensitive artist who like like desperately wanted to ink his soul back into his own skin and like like does care deeply about the craft and creating something but for me this this film gets very much lost in like the big stars and there was an anecdote about like on set that there was one producer who was able to tell cage to like tone it down and that when he gave the note travolta like walked off set because he was so sensitive to conflict mm-hmm. which i'm like giving a note is not conflict but and maybe that's in scientology among the church like uh-huh. the same article was being like this is an inverse very good article interesting but like like it's an oral history of the movie same thing as being like john travolta did one take like he was perfect he was like i don't need to listen to sad music i can just do one take and i'm like that sounds like he was only willing to do one take. That sounds like he was like, you got the take. I'm not doing it again. Like that doesn't convince me that, but uh, sorry, sorry. No, I I found the same oral history and I would say they went very easy on Travolta. Um, Mm -hmm. And they kind of don't mention him that much. They're kind of like, he illegally at one point flew his plane in and he wasn't supposed to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they're like, and he was sensitive on set the end. Um, so I just, I mean, I think that man is like so protected. Um, Mm -hmm. so no, I, I, I get what you mean. It was interesting having, we just obviously all together saw SS Rajamouli director and auteur behind RRR. And, uh, he mentioned kind of the important, like when you have two mega stars, um, how, Right? In, like, Indian cinema, it's really rare to get both of those, like, to have a multi-starred movie. Mm-hmm. And here it's interesting to watch them. I don't know. I feel like you could say they drown each other out a little bit or they elevate each other. I think they elevate each other, Travolta mm-hmm. and Cage. But this this reminded me of, like, RRR in this odd way. I can't describe it. Yes. I love that. Wait, Artin, let me respond. I just want to say is that is that – Sometimes they elevate each other. Like, I particularly think about when John Travolta is acting as Cage in in his cop body. And, like, Mm -hmm. he comments on, he's like, this ridiculous chin. And in that oral history, they say John Travolta was like, are you guys making fun of me? Like, what? And they were like, no, no, this is what the character would do. Which I'm like, I'm like, it reads. It reads as it's what the character would do. And John Travolta doesn't have a stupid chin. He has like a cool, like that butt chin is like a superhero chin. Like, like up for debate, but love- yes. Well, he I also say, the the full line the the full line is also well. Think about me. This nose, this hair, this ridiculous chin. So it like it builds up to the the chin, which I think He's- he does have. He doesn't have a normal chin. Dude, John Travolta yeah, takes stray chin. bullets. He takes stray bullets this entire movie. When they're like, we're going to do abdominoplasty and remove your love <laughs> handles. And you get this shot of him being like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this poor man is like taking the L on his physical appearance pretty mm-hmm. hard. 
That's all I had to well, say. Christine, I, I kind of interrupted you. I thought you. that was a scene where he was doing a great job, where I forgot he was mm-hmm. John Travolta. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, Cage yes, doing yes. a great job as John Travolta rather than yes. like remembering which was which. That's what's uh, so good about it. But, That's what's so but good no, about no, it. No, 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 no. That happened for me. That happens in a moment. That happens every so often. Oh. It does not happen throughout. When they are shooting at the mirror, I was like, this is so, but this is, <gasps> I, I just want to try to get out a couple of thoughts, which is that. I think you both have an appreciation for like the Hong Kong directorial and like the martial arts action movies. And I can't stand them. I find them incredibly boring. I cannot focus on it. I think it's just like <laughs> silly brouhaha. I'm like, what are we doing here? But I, but I just also feel like there are too many moments in the movie where I'm like, Ugh, what were they doing? But no one could give them the note of like, hey, could we take that take again? And maybe you're just a little better in this scene. Like, I don't, I, 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 I think sometimes they elevate each other and they're lost in the role. And sometimes, I mean, we're opening mm. on what feels like peak Scientology malarkey in that opening oversaturated, overexposed carousel scene. Like the father is like, cuddling his son i'm like what the well and i still don't feel like we resolved who the original sniper target was because if it's if it's it's definitely john not travolta, the, it has to be john travolta it's john travolta. why does he finish the job how does he not finish the job maybe he's like i gotta get out of here once the shot's yeah. taken you Doesn't gotta move quick sense. you gotta move quick sense. you could take Great at point, least Arson. one more sniper silencer shot but okay so <laughs> um so i'll say let's let me there's a couple of things i need to break down that you just said christina and i'm gonna pass it off to courtney as well <laughs> no, oversaturation no. oversaturation is a john woo touch right that's his that's mm. him going this is my signature it's in mission impossible too i'll be honest i'm not the biggest fan in general of it but it does convey the point that i'm like this this is like a sacred time you know mm-hmm. the same thing same thing with the pigeons and the doves <laughs> and and the birds later, the seagulls. Pigeons he's like, are a John Woo classic. I know that much. I read it yes. on the internet. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I also um, think pigeons are great <laughs> in other films. And they appear in Birdie, which I've already yes, referenced. That's right. But that's that's to the oversaturation. Yes, the second point movies. in terms of the actors doing elevating whatever, this is I cannot describe this enough, a perfect film with perfect performances. So in terms of the amount of takes taken, there's, they're, they're, sure they could have taken another take, but it would have ended in the trash can because they have everything they need for this to be an absolute perfect movie. I Especially watched, for what it uh-huh. is. <laughs> I watched Christina's lip curl in abject disgust. <laughs> I, 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 here's here's to your this point. This as a perfect movie is so offensive here's what i'll say like because i don't come you've had people on the show who who are more in film like uh, we're in the same movie club but my experience Mm -hmm. with film is basically just going with whatever i i before we started watching movies together i could name like four directors um, and they were like Spielberg, James Cameron, James Cameron, mm-hmm. Spielberg. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. anyway, this is all to say, as we've kind of gotten more into it, I've still, I'm still trying to figure out the difference between when you study a director um, or an actor and you see, I guess, director or writer, really, and you see different motifs appear across their work and you get this aha moment of like, that is a so-and-so classic. Like that is a John Woo mm-hmm. Um, you know, slow-mo or cut scene or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And it's hard to tell the difference between is this 
really awesome in and of itself or is it awesome because I noticed a pattern? Mm. Um, And I would say with John Woo, I think it's awesome because he was like the first in so Mm -hmm. many ways. Like he really did something for the genre in Hong Kong and then to bring it over Mm -hmm. into Western cinema is really cool and I think fascinating. But there are like things he does that I think are objectively pretty ham-handed and they're of the genre, but sometimes that mean doesn't mean it's like gonna speak to you because it's a bit cheesy, like oversaturation or mm-hmm. some of his cuts, some of the things he let the actors run away with. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my take. <laughs> Christina's just nodding Christina's, and I can never Christ- tell. I, I I don't want to defeat you, Christina. I don't want you to to be broken and and, I'm agreeing and with crushed Christina. and crumbled. I agree what? with Christina. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. I'm agreeing. Well, let me, Christina, let me ask you this. Like, what do you think of the scenes where, like, Nicolas Cage is in the priest costume dancing crazy? Or, like, when he opens the door of his car at the airport and his cape flies out behind him slow motion like he has his golden guns behind his back and he pulls those out like very slow motion he uh cage describes so hot cage describes the choreography here is like more like dancing than it was like any action he'd done and he'd just done two big action movies before this he goes john Wu really wants you to be like spinning and like moving in such a way that he's like it's not necessarily like this is how I would shoot in like real life, right? You wouldn't spin around to do a cool cape flying thing, but it's more like for the sake of the movie. What do you think about like all that stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Before or against? I love that that you bookended it with, with what do you think about this? Said your whole opinion on it and then went, what do you think about all that? What do you think about all that? Um, I, I, I think it's nice that you guys love this director. Um, I think a lot of what you described was good costuming. I would agree mm. that there's great costuming mm-hmm. in this movie. Ed, yep, the, agreed. You Nominate. described it as a cape, Nominate but it's a jacket. Oscar. It's a long, long black, mm-hmm. long black jacket over his like, so wrong. ruby jewel toned. Ju- <laughs> Our tune is wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. This. Wrong. I also think like he his priest costume is amazing. The head swivel he does is fantastic. The butt grab is alarming uh, for me. I just had that moment. I feel like somebody warned us once was like, at one point, Nicolas Cage is going to grab the butt of an extra and it doesn't seem like it was scripted or consensual. And now I'm always mm. nervous about it. So and I was like, That's is probably, that, it is could that be the this. time? Yeah, I, I, I was nervous about that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just was overall feeling like this wasn't, know a movie by and for women like this is very much like (laughs) like like stuff like that it just feels like there's no women around to be like hey i don't i don't know about this when they sexualize the daughter who also her like debut role was in lolita and she's like 17 like at the time and i'm just like this is so gross to me this is such a nightmare. And then uh, uh, one other moment that is like in one article was just, disc- okay. The that Nick Cassavetes character. thing? Yes. 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 One that was article, messed up. It's described as 
that the this bald guy character Nick Cassavetes and the Gina I think actress mm-hmm. uh, brother Gina sister Gershon, yeah they played brother yeah. sister which I did not understand because at this exact moment where they share a kiss and in one article it's described as they decided to do it together came to the director and he was like sure go for it in another article directly from the actor who did it he describes it as he spur of the moment decided to do it to her and at first she was annoyed and like didn't like it but then he was like she was annoyed with me but it wasn't like she was offended she's a great girl which i'm like this sounds like exactly the kind of set where it's like be a cool girl or get off the set like we Mm. are like i i just i got a bad vibe from it um and so it's like stuff it's stuff like like I do agree. The golden guns are so cool. He's got gold scorpions accenting the whole look and like, but the womanizing comes across so weird and so uncomfortable. And like, Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't tell like, it's in the uncanny valley of like, who actually has control over this on set? Like does the actress who should be treated as a professional have control or what's or is Nicolas Cage right. improving on set being like I think it'd be really cool if in this moment you started sucking my tongue uh but I don't yeah, know that, I don't know yeah it, it, it gave me an ick feel and so when mm. you were when Artoon is like going off on how this is the best most perfect <laughs> most amazing how can you deny that it's not so cool I'm like because I'm a woman because I'm a woman and I have lived the woman experience and I I don't find it that fun, but I love it. That's why I'm also so grateful to have you, Courtney, to be here and see the art of John Woo and, and acknowledge um, the art of the piece as well. Yeah, to be, well, to be at once... To shut it down, but... <laughs> to be at once described as your wokest friend tied with Hannah Deegan, but also a great lover of this incredibly misogynistic mm-hmm. film is like a true duality. <laughs> it's two faces, yes. really. Cop it and is. criminal. Actually, is. both are, those and are criminals, but... Mm-hmm. Duality, yeah, go ahead. what did you say your last name rhymes with? Dichotomy, yeah. Dichotomy. Dichotomy. Mm, Dichotomy. Yes. Yeah. You're not wrong. I The moment that FBI agent appears on – okay, you know how the beginning, they have the shoot the plane and there's a shootout and they and place the an FBI, a female FBI agent right on the plane and uh-huh. then she has to make out with him, which is probably one of the most repulsive, like suck my tongue makeouts. You mentioned that. And then mm-hmm. she just – dies um mm-hmm. and i brutally murdered he throws he shoots her in the head and tosses her corpse onto the tarmac where she like flips and i'm like that would be such an honestly iconic cool role if you actually cared about that female fbi character and like but she's like you can tell by the framing that she's part of the scenery right or i'm sorry i don't know what you yeah say. no go ahead artun oh i oh. I agree oh, what that. What was Courtney saying? Uh, I interrupted well, Courtney. No, I, was I didn't say to... anything. I didn't even open my mouth. I, I just got to go never, ahead or two. Oh, okay. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've never actually opened my mouth. Oh, the, I was just going to quote the late, <laughs> <laughs> the late great Dorian um, and say, who appeared on your uh, episode for The Rock, and say, you know, you won't have violence against women in your movie if you don't cast <laughs> any women in your movie. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe that's John Woo's first mistake. Mm. Mm, makes you makes you think i'll say this i'll say this Mm -hmm. i agree with a lot of what you're saying um but at the same time i think there's two types of movies there's types of movies where 
like the hero kind of sexualizes women and we're like rooting for them and we're like they're so cool they like get the woman and they like save the day whereas at the very least it's like this is telling us the people that are doing this are the worst people in the world like not that it's there's there's more tactful ways to do it and i think there's better ways to do it but i also think it's not like we're like oh hell yeah look she's sucking his tongue he's so cool i think we're like this guy is a psycho and he also i think part of it is like they need to build early on in what's only like 10 minutes how like how much this character loves sex because it comes up so much it's a it's honestly weird i'll say it is weird how much he's like i'm gonna fuck your wife also i had a sex sandwich with this prisoner's like wife and sister and like it's all over the place but i think to establish that early on you have to have a couple of things like this weird tongue kiss um and even the ass grab if that's what you're going for does that make sense is what i'm saying tracking christina you look horrified I I'm, feel like- I'm, <laughs> this is now actually the second like scaredest i've been in my life christina what are your thoughts <laughs> i'm just like I disagree, but whatever. <laughs> like, well, I'm like, you can convey what you can convey that he's a sex maniac without like these weird moments. You can do it in a more tasteful way. You can have, but if it's tasteful, if it's tasteful, have, then it's not no, freaky. It's taste, you, you, you know what I mean? I, if it's nice, it's not bad. If it's nice, it's not bad. This is what's weird for me right now is that you keep like giving me your full opinion, launching me up as if you want me to respond to it, and then shouting over me when I disagree with you to tell me why I'm wrong and why your opinion is right. It may, I'm like, I'm like, this is this is a silly game. I will not play. I am not going to fall for this anymore. Either you want okay. my opinion or you Christina. don't. Okay. Don't okay. engage. <laughs> With his treachery. <laughs> I have a cartoon. I'm sure you have places you want this to go, but I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't talk a little more in depth about the actual face off surgery scene. Oh, sure. Which is yes. iconic. Tell me, tell me what your thoughts are about that, Courtney. <laughs> well, I didn't have any. I just realized, speaking of like throwing something up and expecting someone to land it, I realized oh, sure. I didn't have anything prepared. Um, but I want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's funny because it's part of your brain goes, this wouldn't work. Like when you're watching it, like it is cool and I think it's well done, but you're like, that's not how it would work. It's their, their eyes are still there. They're different. Like all this like stuff is going through your head, but then it just seems you're just like, well, I'll buy it. Like as an audience member, I'm like, I guess it works. Like, I don't think too much about it. Of like, this is impossible. Christina seems to maybe disagree, and I'll let her tell her full opinion if she wants to. Please be my guest. I don't want to. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, you know that it's rude to be like, I don't want to be rude. I don't want to. I don't want to offend. I don't want to be friend. You already know. You already know that at that point you are being rude. The point you already is, know. The point is. <laughs> I find the faces on and offing. I'm like, no problem. That's what I was here for. You launched me in. The title is Face Off. I'm expecting faces to come on and off. Like, like I was reading, again, reading about it online. They're like, this studio was like, it's such a crazy premise. Like, we don't get it. How are we going to sell? Like, I'm like, I'm like, that makes sense. 
you just explain that it makes sense and that it makes sense. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah. I, I love it. We're on the same page. I, for me, things that don't make sense is stuff like John Travolta's cop character is like when he's interrogating, I think it's Sasha and the the original son or so, so he's and mm-hmm. he's like, I'm gonna put your son in a foster home if you don't comply with my whatever. And I was like, he's the freaking monster. I'm supposed to buy that this is like a good guy? This is a cop. This is a freaking I mean, we know what um, we know what the FBI does. Yeah. By the way, that was one of my favorite parts of this movie was just how many um, agencies seem to cross paths and like mm-hmm. do absolutely nothing. Like he, mm-hmm. the FBI, is like get the LAPD on getting the body from the waters around Erewhon Prison, um, yes. and then a, yeah. and then they talk about Interpol at one point, and then. The CIA sends them a bottle of champagne being like, great yeah. job. <laughs> yeah. It's Which I thought they did. A great, I love that scene. Thank you for mentioning it. I thought they did a great job. They get the bottle of champagne. I didn't understand why John Travolta got so upset and started shouting names like Pincus. <laughs> I was like, I was like, give your agents their champagne. Like if you're upset yeah. about the people you lost on your mission, fine. But like, I'm pretty sure Mike from Desperate Housewives just saved your life in that previous scene. Give him some champagne. <laughs> and Margaret Cho, who is so good. Margaret Cho is one of the best parts of this movie. Um, just shout out. Uh, I don't. She deserved a little bit of champagne. What? How can you disagree? I, you know I what? I, incredible. I'm going to sidestep my own disagreement with that to say Sean Archer, we see as like being a big jerk, right? And then he's kind of a good boss. When when he's Nick Cage. And in that way, I think this is kind of also a Freaky Friday plot where they both improve each other's lives. Like suddenly, you know, the wife Mm -hmm. is like having, you know, a nice sex life. And even though actually it's like pretty horrible, but also he's a nice boss who's like touching his subordinates. But you know what? Maybe this isn't quite true, but they are learning things from each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's, I mean, I was, when he teaches... His daughter, or I guess when when Caster Troy as Sean Archer teaches the daughter, like, this is how you stab someone in the thigh, it mm-hmm. comes back later on to help vanquish uh, Caster Troy. But I'm like, you know who taught you that? You know who gave you that knife? Caster Troy to begin with. Also, crazy, I'm sure you, I don't know if you guys picked up on this. You know that creepy, rapey boyfriend that's in the car with the daughter? Danny you know Masterson. Who that is? Danny Masterson, who is... Oh, I don't, was, dude, I was like, that looks yeah. like Danny Masterson, but I, I forgot to double check. Wow. Oh, my God. Art imitates art life. Imitates art imitates art. life. Art imitates life. Danny Masterson, bad guy. Are you going to uh, list out his rap sheet, or you don't know it? No, I'm not going to. I don't have the, the rap sheet in front of me, but I oh, a bunch well, of rape charges. Not, not a good guy. <gasps> well, because he isn't, I thought. Another Scientologist. Uh, I was yeah. going to say another Scientologist. He was kicked out. Yeah. They're like, we can't, we can't help you. Can't save you from this. <laughs> Man, if if you're not good enough for the Church of Scientology, that's like the bar brutal, is in hell. dude. That's that's that yeah. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's Rough. also no part of it. It looks like they were trying to point fingers back in on Scientology too. Which Scientology is like, as soon as you turn on me, I turn on you. If mm-hmm. not sooner, mm-hmm. I will turn on yeah. you before you turn on me. But anyway, it's true. Yeah. Well, mistrial in that case, I think this past typecasting. Week, so yes, yeah, yes, just to date this yeah. date this podcast. Yeah. 
Which, yeah. what does that mean? Does that mean, that means he's, he's walking out and about or you're going to retry For him? now, it depends, it depends if I think the DA's office decides to retry him. I, I suspect they will, but it sounds like the jury mm-hmm. was just hopelessly deadlocked. Hopelessly yeah. devoted. Ah. Yeah. Wow. Some diehard, some diehard, uh, what was he in? All that? No. Um, that 70s that show. 70s show. That 70s show. Yeah. 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 We had some diehard fans probably sneak in, you know, said, oh, I've never watched that show and got into the jury. Those were. Oh, yeah, weird, you're right. Too. You know, it okay. could you're be. Right, um, oh, but, but while we're doing other cameos <laughs> in this movie, I was just going to say that there is a guy, his name, I want to say, is Thomas Jane, and he plays the blonde guy in the prison scene. You know who I'm talking about. Um, and Hayes. Do you remember who I'm talking about in uh-huh. yes. First Rumble? Yeah. Thomas Jane and Nicolas Cage have one fact in common, which is that they have both been married to Patricia Arquette. So at the time of this filming, in 1997, uh, Nicolas Cage is still with uh, Patricia Arquette. They won't divorce until 2001. But then five years after that, Thomas Jane in 2006 will marry her and they will be married for five years. That Um, is wild. Great facts. That is so weird. That is great facts. I thought you were going to say- trivia for you right there. That's great. I thought you were going to say uh, Thomas Jane was in a relationship with Anne Heche and his like they're they're dealing with kind of issues with her estate since she died. I think he sued her estate. Um, what? I know. I know. Uh oh. I don't oh, know if the, this is another fifteen minutes of the podcast. Oh, okay. Then, no, 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 uh, well, yeah, well, that's a you can you can follow just, along. Look look that up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> careful what careful what you Google. There's some pretty <laughs> brutal death videos. Oh. Yeesh. oh my god, um, she died horribly. Okay, rest but, yeah, we gotta. <laughs> hey, we're okay, we're yeah. we're bringing this back. We're bringing this Stay back. Off. Is this um, the most jumping? Is this the most jumping around you've had in a pod, or like is this? Oh, uh, we go all around the place. It, I, the, it's hard to, especially with a movie Sorry. like this. But yeah. I want to. Here's what I'll do. No, I want to break I, down. I, I think I'm going to try to break down. I think there's like essentially five major set pieces, and I think we've touched on most of them. But let me just see if this is right. The first big one is the helicopter plane sequence, um, which yes. we kind of touched on with the golden guns. The second one is, I will say, oh. the medical procedure, the face-off, right? You have, a, you have the actual procedure. The third, you have the prison breakout. The fourth, you have, I mean, this kind of all bleeds into it, but you have, like, the trying to capture Caster Troy um, sequence uh, into the finale, which is kind of two finales, which I we'll, we yeah. kind of wanted to touch on. Courtney, you wanted to touch on. You have what looks like to be the showdown of the century at the church, followed by a 10 minute boat chase. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think we've kind of touched on everything so far. There's a large sequence where they try to capture Caster Troy when he gets out and he gets free. They don't, they don't catch him. He is too good. Uh, There's a great mirror shot that Christina didn't like uh, where they're looking at the mirror, looking at each other. It's a fantastic shot. I'm like, this is cinema. I love it. And then they (laughs) knock over the mirror. It's like the mirror of Erised. I'm like, why is there this random like, like adult high freestanding mirror? But it's beautiful. 
And Christina's just shaking dumb. her so head. Good. <laughs> dumb as shit. You know what else is dumb? You know what else is dumb is in these opening action sequences, we're already seeing the wires. As people are like flying around, you that can was, see the wires. It's, it's crazy. You see it one also, time. There's one dialistic. time you see the wires. You it's see a, one ah, time you see the wires. That's, that's well, it's crazy. Hong it's Kong. Like, and like, like, it like Courtney, it seems don't like just say Hong Kong. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, so lovingly and carefully and thoughtfully prepared. They're doing sketches of the prison. They're figuring out the lighting, whatever. I can tell a lot of work and heart went into this eighty million dollar movie that makes over two hundred million box office. But I'm just like, sometimes there's wires, and sometimes it's just nonsense. Like Travolta is like, shoot me, I don't care if I die. And we're watching this from the audience, like, oh yeah, because his son died so horribly six years ago. Like he's not over that. Turns out he has a perfectly healthy daughter and loving wife at home living for it. Like who are like, whoa, you didn't care if you died. Like. Thanks He's for traumatized, Dean. He's yeah. traumatized. This is grief. This is carousel grief. Yes. Oh. This is what happens. Am I no, I, I'm. <laughs> uh, well, I was. <laughs> uh, where were you going to get into our tune? I was going to say something about the the acting quality, which oh, is please. Mm-hmm, no, go. You go ahead first. I'd say to cap the let's cap the set pieces and then we'll go right I'm back to the acting set pieces because we also have the prison, which is another Alcatraz reference, which his previous Alcatraz movie yeah. we know was The Rock, The Rock, yes. which is part of the Trinity. So yes. Alcatraz is appearing left and right. Sorry, yes. I don't. Yeah. Know, I feel like that's a set piece. No, Wait, yeah, you're uh, totally what right. I would say too about the Alcatraz, The Rock comp is like the reason Alcatraz works is because it's really hard to swim and get to shore and I'm sorry but if you're gonna build nowhere prison like make it so that when he jumps off you can't see the shoreline and a bunch of boats around and you're just like oh this looks like it's off of like the long beach like docks Uh, I'll say was crazy to me that they were just like I guess we're not gonna keep looking for him and uh, he'll (laughs) just swim there no problem there's a bunch of boats and there's a helicopter that can just you know swoop down but he's probably dead we couldn't find his body that's dumb as hell about that prison break is that his main mm-hmm. like accomplice guy who appears to be some sort of foreigner or I I don't understand why he couldn't his communication uh, language barrier maybe but like Nick Cage like delivers a full like scheme to him which he then executes and then as they're running through at one point he like lifts the gun and Nicholas Cage yells no and like shakes his head like he's explaining to a gorilla like what's, and I'm just like this guy has understood the whole time and also no is one of those nearly universal words that in almost any language if someone's shouting like no, you usually. So you don't like that he shakes his head. I yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Sorry. 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 Making me feel so dumb for to... pointing out minutia, but I'm just like, I'm just like I'm the just wondering... in the details, baby. Huh. Well, I'm just wondering huh. what. Yeah, I'm just wondering what the issue is there. Huh? Is that he shakes his head when he says no? So that's yeah, well. If that's your one, if that's your one issue, I heard that's your one fine. issue with the movie. So it's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's, no, we, yeah. we can zero in on your we one issue agree. with the We're movie. We're all on the same page. No, no, no. Okay. I just wanted to clarify. I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> Great. Um, did you guys? Are you fans of The Wire? Anyway, it's Frank Sabatka from The Wire. Is Dubob that? Oh, that, wow. Uh, no, I've yeah. never seen it. 
that man. Okay, well, then there's nothing else to say on that. Nice. But seeing him was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. no, that prison break, I don't know. I think if you approach this movie looking at what strains credulity, you're going to have a not a movie time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we needed him to break out of that prison. And mm-hmm. there's a lot, I'd say, to Christina's, uh, for Christina's points, mm-hmm. that man... Is just got shocked in the head. He has his eyes are rolled back. There's bile coming out of his mouth, and then two seconds later, he is up on his feet, smashing a guard over the head. That was crazy. <laughs> that that was insane. But again, it's it's one of those where I feel like in some action movies, you just have to believe to a certain extent because we need to get out of that prison. Um, but Christina, you are right. I don't want to. I don't want to deflate you too much. You are right. Some of that prison, the prison it's break itself. It's crazy to me how vehemently you were yelling, like, how would that make any sense at me when I was talking about that they should do a prison breakout, like, to get Pollux to confess? You were like, that wouldn't make any sense. That wouldn't make any sense. And then you're telling me, like, you just have to accept, like, some things don't make sense. Like, we just have to get him out of the prison, like, bloody blah, blah, blah. I just, like, can't believe the way you talk to me. It's just shocking. <laughs> you know what? Christina, <laughs> now that I understand, it, it took me a beat. Like, now that I understand that you're like, take the faces off and then engineer a prison breakout like a Truman show situation for (laughs) that's fine like I actually really like that idea and and I buy it the other thing that strange like that made me go really was remember he tells um Sean Archer tells the story to Joan Allen of their first date Uh um and he's like and you broke your tooth on a rye seed and I was like you could have written any reason like any food in there that she broke her tooth on I yeah. don't think that's ever happened. And, like, it's not my inbox, but, like, right into the pod, flood the inbox if mm-hmm. you know of someone who broke their tooth on a seat of bread. Yes. It's crazy that you bring this up because I have chipped my tooth not once, not twice, but three times. Not on oh, a rye no. seed, okay, but good. it has been on an apple, a tortilla chip, and a bagel <laughs> that was too toasted. So you gotta look out in this world. Yeah. I if I ever give Christine wow. an apple, I gotta slice it up for her because she can't bite like into it. Like I'm a little baby. <laughs> oh my god! And have you ever like toasted something too toasty, and then she's like, "Uh uh-uh, uh, can't do it." I yeah, I, I, I well, I know scary. to keep a light toast. I know to keep a light toast in this yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. Soft yeah. toast. Yeah. But yeah, write oh. into cagedoldquestionpod at gmail.com with substances you've chipped your teeth on or heard yeah. of other people chipping their teeth on. <laughs> yeah. Glad to hear it. Um, yeah. I do want to get Any to this final, final set piece. On the movie? We are, yeah, oh, we have a couple more things. Piece. The final set piece. You set up this incredible church memorial birds. The two, it's like almost like the angel and like angel and devil, like are coming out to to face each other in this church. Mm. It seems like this is where the movie will end. This is where they'll have their final showdown. And I was expecting that, and I was ready for that. Um, and then you have the boat chase. Here's what I'll say. The boat chase itself is excellent. It's in terms of uh, the action, you know, I'm watching Cage get kicked out of a boat and he is water skiing on his bare feet. Unreal. (laughs) I mean, kudos to the stunt team. Kudos to the boats. Kudos to the harbor. They did great work. (laughs) Uh, And I'm glad we ended the dock as the final, like, you know, harpooning him. The face, it, that's great. Harpooning him makes no sense. Harpooning him was tied. <laughs> um, but 
it did feel out of place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I had the same thought. I honestly, I've seen this movie obviously before, and I still was like, so this is where it ends, right? And then I was like, why uh-huh. are there 36 minutes left? <coughs> mm-hmm. So I, I totally agree. It feels shoehorned in. And I'm I'm just like, did they have budget they decided to waste? I feel like there's got to be something out there that's like, we thought we'd do boats for another movie. And then we just decided to give it to John Woo. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. Yeah. It's almost like the boats could have come before. Does it part of this make sense? Like yeah. the boats come before. Yeah, I think the boats could have come they before. end at the church. The family's there. You have the final shootout, right? Like that, yeah. I think works better yeah. for me because it, it just felt like that was the end i don't know well oh but yeah instead, to doves yeah the doves yeah instead yeah. doves a church that kind of choral music a funeral mm-hmm. and the entire family and then a like six-way standoff that yeah. screams finn <laughs> yes <laughs> that screams yes. it's yes. over and it was singles yeah. into the doves too. It yes. Wasn't, it, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that, that would be the Burn. boats into the church. Exactly. Seagull boats, church doves. Could have been. What beautiful. did you think of um, the end and and uh, the choice to adopt Nick Cage's biological son? I think I thought that was nice. I thought my real issue was all the mist i was like what is going on with all of this misty fog coming at the front of like she sees she the the wife sees john travolta coming up on the stairs and she's like he's like lumbering through the front porch which doesn't make any sense but so we all know he's there and then it's so misty outside when she opens the door but it doesn't make sense because it's like sunset it's like it's like it's like you would have that sort of mist at sunrise but it's really reading as like the twilight return is it not end of the movie it was he's not coming up back at 5 a.m is he and then and then we've been watching him walk along the porch all the way up to the door and they still are like let's have a pregnant pause before we close up in on his face peeking around the door frame (laughs) and then then my other issue is that we have another take of him like a wider take like coming around the corner again i'm like i'm like this is crazy this is crazy that by I, then, the adopted son, I'm like, that's fine. That should really <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, I mean, here. I was this getting, is... I can't remember if Michael starring John Travolta, Michael, where he's an angel who's fallen to earth, was before or after this. I think it was after. But I got big Michael vibes from that, where it's just like, mm. this is an unfortunate amount of cheese. Um, but then it was just such a mitzvah, and their whole family yeah. was healed. And wa- those boys look really alike. So what are you going to do besides take him? Yeah. Perfect replacement, son. I'll say this. Maybe maybe this is me speaking up for women, which (gasps) uh, could be a change of pace here. We're all ears. Christina, if I were to ever adopt a son, I would tell you before I brought him home. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I would not. The thought of just bringing a boy home and going, this is your new home now. And your wife's like, oh, Wow. Could you imagine if the wife goes, we can't do that. And then I got to tell the boy, sorry, kid. Looks like it's a foster home for you. Like, it is so crazy to me that there's no communication. There's no even, not even a phone call like, hey, I'm thinking of doing this. He's just like, surprise. Here's our replacement son. And yeah. the daughter's like, this is great. This is, this is great. This is awesome. And then I saw a something that was like the studio didn't didn't want. They were like, it's weird that he adopts the other son. But then when they had like test screens, apparently like 
65% of audience driven feedback. So like you, they didn't even ask them what they thought about this, but they were like, so what happens to that other boy? And they were like, okay, we got to have him adopt him. Put that back. (laughs) Yeah. I will say for our household, Teddy wouldn't bring home a child and not ask me or like a, it was, they acted uh-huh. like it was like surprise puppies. It was all very yes, 70s, yes. 80s. Um, but I would say if you asked him, there's like a, well, there's a 65%, let's use that chance that I would bring home a child that I adopted and then just be like, that's okay, right? So, <laughs> oh my God. So maybe it's different for every um, family. It's different for every family. <laughs> hey, and yeah. thank you, Courtney. No problem. Um, I wanted to um, – we haven't talked about this once, but it happens mm. at the end. It happens in the beginning. The way they show love in this movie – Oh, my God. Is by running people's fingers over the other's face. If kind anyone of like, did that to me, I would break their wrists. <laughs> <laughs> Our dude's always trying to touch my face, and I'm like, yuck. You washed your hands? What are you doing? Oh, the breakouts. Oh. The, I do. Really... do the like, the, a star is born, drag the finger down the nose to him mm-hmm. because I find that fun. But um, four fingers on a face, I would say, is three too many. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if that was an actor's choice, a director's choice. Is it in the script? I don't know. But it is so funny. It's so funny that it happens so many times. <laughs> it's so – he just keeps doing it. I mean, at first you're like, okay, this will show up like two or three times in crucial moments. And then it's just like he's just touching faces left and right. We like get into mm-hmm. the double digits of him just like wiping women's faces. If it was mm-hmm. Nick Cage doing it, I would have said, oh, that's improvised. Like he improvises what's in your guys' theme, which is – the, mm-hmm. I want to take his face off, right? I want to yeah. take his face mm-hmm. off. Off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. since it's John Travolta, I, I I don't know. It feels like something those two um, two fifth graders would have written into the script. Mm-hmm. Could be easily could be. Yeah, it's it's a great. It's a. I don't know. I feel like I I don't even want to try it on someone. Um, but it is like a pretty important part of the movie. I feel mm-hmm. the face, yes. the face wipe downs. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So you're good to bring it up. Yeah, thank you. Um, no problem. I do want to move into some final thoughts. I have a couple. I'm sure you guys have seen this, but have you seen some of the other potential castings for yes. who would play? What were your your favorites? Because I saw my personal favorite was Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. And Prison in the Future, which, the orig- like you said, was yes. the original mm-hmm. conception, that's the yeah. movie Escape Plan, pretty much. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm wow. glad the universe did get that, because that, like, Good. some level of Sly Stallone <coughs> in a prison. Um, Good. That's a great favorite. I saw um, Fuck Him, but, oh, sorry, are we allowed to swear? <gasps> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, fuck him. I saw Johnny Depp read the script and was super interested when he thought it was about like face-offs and like he thought it was like a hockey movie. Yes. Um, so I'm glad that didn't work out. And I saw Mark Wahlberg was reviewing the script too, Ooh. which is like, oh. Oh, I saw he was re- he, I, th- I saw that he was in it, reviewing it for the Pollux character, Pollux caster. Oh, funny. Yeah. Yeah. 
Huh. Were there other were there other folks? I saw other, Harrison yes. Ford somewhere. Yes, it was Harrison Ford and Michael Douglas were another pair. <laughs> as was Bruce Willis and Alec Baldwin. <gasps> Al Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, of course. I mean, that's a that would be a classic. And then Denzel Washington and Wesley Snipes, which that sounds unreal. Whoa. Well, wasn't yeah. um I think the original one of the original directors attached to the script was um, the director of Demolition Man, right? So mm-hmm. that that would have been kind of like a bring him over from there. I don't know. Yeah. I really like um, the Harrison Ford, Michael Douglas pairing. Yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah. Sweet. And Harrison Exciting. Ford could, could have like driven a plane himself maybe. Um, there's just a yeah. lot of a lot of stunt work I think they could have done in their youths. Yeah. Yeah. Christina, any final thoughts here? Um, This is kind of a stray from when we were talking about it earlier, but the moment when Cage says, I'd like to take his face off. Uh, Nick Cassavetes, whatever, again, this is from that Inverse article, that he's like, it's a not a scripted moment. And he, and he says, because I'm a very strict, trained actor. And that's one of those comments that I'm like, Lost in translation 2D, I cannot tell if you were being tongue-in-cheek or sincere. Mm. Because Mm -hmm. tongue-in-cheek, it's fun. Sincere, it's such a weird thing to say. Of That he was like, oh God, he just said the name of the film. Which I'm like, for me, I'm like, you have to say the name of the film in the film. I don't like when films don't say the name of the film in the film. That's just me. That's my taste. (laughs) But then then Nick is like, like, oh, if he said it, I'm going to say it. And then that's why they start going back and forth and saying it. And he was like, I didn't think they'd keep it. And I'm like, I'm like, I definitely think they should have cut Nick's last one. That's when we were pushing the dial for me. Mm. But I don't know. Nick Cassavetes. Yeah. Say. No, I told Nick Cassavetes comes off. By the way, this oral history you're drawing from, I think is from 2022. So there's nothing dated about this. This is his current sensibilities. Like, I thought he'd be a nicer guy because he, like, directed The Notebook. I don't know. I don't know what I thought. But he's, like, the original nepotism baby. And, like, like, screw him. Like, yeah, John Cassavetes is is a director. Anyway, he – I hate Nick. I think he comes off so poorly. Okay, great. That's my other thing about, like, oh, if you're such a trained actor, why would you improvise kissing your scene partner? Let me tell you, like – yeah. I, I don't mean to be like, uh, as from uh, but, but as someone who has been on the end of an improvised kiss, it is not nice. It is not. That wasn't me, by the way. Let me say it, it wasn't, wasn't me you. other than an improvised and kiss. And it wasn't you. It was not me. It was not me either. Yes. It was not you either. And to add to add salt to my own wound, I, I have also been the perpetrator of like a <gasps> like an unwanted stage kiss. To, <gasps> like like the way that it, the way that it has happened both times in my experience is that it's like a makeout scene that is choreographed and then you sort of get in your head and you're like, I'm the character and in the moment or whatever, I think it'll be better if we do it this way. But, but out of, out of the moment and remembering that the other person is a human being and someone you are being a professional with a coworker, not a a lover, like it's not fun. It's not fun. So Mm -hmm. just, just some, Stuff I was yeah, say. and this is about this is really a podcast about good and bad Nicks, and mm. I think Casavetes. I'm happy wow. to conclude is a bad Nick. I love I it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, do you have any other final thoughts, Courtney? Before we head into our ratings, 
Well, I'm looking at my notes. I would say the only thought that I had that I was like, I'd be so curious for your takes on this, um, Mm -hmm. is that I really felt like, okay, Nick Cage is, I I mean, just electric in this. Like, I can't look away. Mm -hmm. John Travolta is fantastic too. But I did notice that half the time it feels like he's playing Danny Zuko again. Like he's just himself in Greece. <laughs> and I, I was curious, like, do you guys feel like he landed that this role? Or do you guys mm. feel like he's just Travolta-ing? Hmm. You know, if I'm being honest, I haven't seen that much Travolta. So I think to know Travolta, you have to have like a certain amount of Travoltas to pull from. Whereas I really have, I have Grease, I have Hairspray, and Hairspray is so different. Um, and then I have The People versus O.J. Simpson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it's like my major, oh, and um, Pulp Fiction. So I have right. a few, but I'd say like that, I'd say those don't sound like the classic John Travolta performances. They're I disagree. I just want to the- disagree. I have the same. I have the same lexicon of Travolta, and I feel like I lock in exactly what Courtney's talking about. And I know, like, I feel like there are roles where Travolta just like loses himself. I thought People versus OJ was so good. Hairspray is so good. He gives himself over entirely to the part. I feel like I'm maybe I'm not quite on the pulse of what Courtney's talking about here, but it's like. Mm-hmm. When he's doing his Zuko sort of sing-songy, wibble-wobbly, like his head is a little more serpentine mm-hmm. on a stake. Or for me, it was like early in the film, when he's trying to play a normal guy, it does not read at all. Like, I don't think he knows how to play a normal guy. And <laughs> no, like, he hasn't I talked to one in like 50 years. Mm-hmm. And he, he does his voice kind of higher, which feels like was a choice to like differentiate. So like, oh, later on, he's talking a little differently. And they were like, the cadences. But it feels more like he's doing a higher pitched, like falsetto-ish voice. And I was like, what's going on here? So I feel like when Travolta is playing as um, Caster Troy, as as bad mm-hmm. guy, he's so good. And when he's trying to be a nice, normal guy, it's so off-putting. Interesting, interesting. When he's trying to be a nice, normal guy, I felt like he was kind of doing a Nick Cage impression. And then when he technically becomes Nick Cage, he's doing a Zanny Zuko impression. And then... Oh, so we had opposite. Okay. We have opposite. Anyway, that that was an observation I had... Um, and I, yeah, it's weird. Cause I always, I don't know. We can explore John Travolta's oeuvre in your next podcast, <laughs> Travolta's question. Um, we'll figure it out then. Nay, nay, nay. Nay, nay, nay. I think, I think, I think those are most of my thoughts. I love it. The last segment of our show is devoted to our ever contentious ratings. We rate each movie out of five stars for the overall movie and Nicolas Cage out of ten cages for his performance with five points for his creative, what he brought to the role, and five points for his technical, what he delivered on screen. Do you feel like you have a gut reaction you want to start us off with, Courtney, or would you like to wrap us up? Oh, um, well, as someone who doesn't really know the difference between those two things you just said... I will give, I honestly think this is a 10 out of 10 performance, a five yes. out of five on both. Yes. Thank you, Tune. And um, 
I think he absolutely nails it. You get all of it's kind of what you said, Christina. You get all of many of the notes of Cage, um, and just the wide bug eyed. I think this is his magnum opus, and I do think people realize that. And I honestly would say that beyond even adaptation. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No lies detected. Wow. From um, and for the movie out of five stars, what would you rate that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, Chris, oh, I would give this. So I love this movie, but it's a round 3.5 for me. Like <gasps> not a round, wow. a round 3.5. It's like a, per- nice. but that's a compliment. It's a perfect 3.5. Rent it at your local blockbuster. Take it mm-hmm. home on a mm-hmm. Friday when you have nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Face off. That's that's my answer. Nice. Mm-hmm. Steve, do you want me to go? This is a 4.5 star movie out of five stars. It's nearly perfect. Um, I've mentioned the boat chase sequence. I think that's that kind of is what takes it down a half star is it just goes too long. Um, performance, 10 out of 10 cages. Nicolas Cage is delivering on every front here. He plays different characters and he plays both of them at a five star each level for the total 10 stars. He's technically perfect. He is physically perfect. He is artistically perfect. <laughs> Um, he leaves nothing. He leaves nothing in the locker room. Uh, it's all out there on the field. I love this movie. Uh, cannot wait to hopefully watch it again. I don't know if there's a Criterion cut, but uh, I think we could see that in our future. Maybe you screen it at your wedding. Yeah, maybe, no. absolutely not. No, no. I, I love, I love, I love my fiance, and I respect her choices and tastes, and I would never impose something that I can only imagine what's about to come. But there is right maybe going to be a sequel that the original writers are not involved in, and you can tell they are bitter about that. But um, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, we'll find out about that. Um, this is a one-star movie. <gasps> I, <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my God. Oh, my this days. This is a one-star movie. <laughs> Screen it at your wedding. This is, What? <laughs> one-star Take movie. revenge. Don't. No more respect. <laughs> wow. I... This is a one-star movie. Um, oh, my God. You're co-hosting a Nick Cage <laughs> podcast. This is one of, like, his trifecta of action films. What happens? Crazy. They take this someone's face off. They switch so faces. John Travolta, like, Nick Cage. Then they peel yeah. it off. Then they put it back it's on. one like, star for the face switching. You're right. God. That is the best. That is what the star comes okay. from, is oh that the God. faces come off and, and off again. Oh I, I I do like that, but the rest of it is just no good. Oh my god! Um, I, but I would say I would say that this is like a four and four <gasps> for creative, oh, okay. for technical, for um, mm. Nikki for a total of eight. I just feel wow. like I okay. I feel like I've seen him do better. I I really feel. Like there is a disconnect between him and the female uh, co-workers around him, especially when they are in those smaller, literally throwaway roles. Um, so it's not a perfect performance for me. And uh, oh, oh, I don't know if I mentioned it's it's a one star movie. Oh <laughs> they peel the faces. They put the faces back on. Like 
it's Courtney, like a little a lost screen cause. You put it's on a lost cause. When it's a one it's, a one star for Christina is a one star. Boats. I've tried with Home Alone. Home Alone, a five Church. star movie. Christina's that's a half star for her. Pigeons. And and, and I also, it's sometimes it's hard. Oh Sorry, I forgot a couple of things, which is speaking of the phases coming on and off, is that in 1997, the year this movie comes out, 22-year-old mm-hmm. uh, something something his name is, is maybe, oh shoot, <laughs> is, is, uh, it's, uh, his, his human name is Richard Norris. Um, 22-year-old Richard Norris is in an accident and his face is shot off. Um, and he spends like, uh, at least 20, I don't know, 15 years of his life with like a really mangled face. Um, and then like is working on different surgeries. And then in 2012 is the first <gasps> successful, they take the face, the full face of a boy who had died in a car accident and they lift it off and transplant it onto um, face. Uh, and that boy whose original face it was was the actor who plays Nick Cage's son in this movie. <laughs> oh my god. Little little boy little boy blue. Little boy little, little boy blue. Little boy blue. Now you know how you feel about the movie. <laughs> and we'd love to hear oh from you, listener. You can find oh us on Twitter God. and Instagram at Cajal Question and send an email to CajalQuestionBot at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, wow, please subscribe to this <laughs> podcast. Send a five-star review our way. Courtney, do you have anything to plug? Maybe breath work? Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, like DM Cajal. <laughs> DM question send, if you want to come to Breathwork on Zoom. Um, honestly, I just want to plug this podcast. I love it. I have no idea how this episode went. It it's uh, it's a wild ride. So kudos to both of you. And you know what I'm going to plug? I'm going to plug um, Artuna and Christina. I love them so much, and I love that they are part of the Letterbox Movie Crew. I learned so much from them. It's like. Uh, shaking a magic eight ball um, and finding out <laughs> what you got. That's what hearing Christina's opinions is like. And we're so glad oh, to have no. her part of it and to have our <laughs> tune here too. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you. For our next episode, we're watching 1998 film City of Angels. We hope you'll watch with us and listen in. Signing off, this is Christina. And our two Nazareth with special guest. Courtney Cotomy, and we're asking you the cage-old question. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'd like to take his his face off. Oh, no, not the beast! A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L. I was a little drunk, plus I was horny.